The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Thank you for tuning in today. I have Jennifer Powell with me. Jen is the Director of Community Engagement for BioNews. Many of you guys likely know their subsidiary Multiple Sclerosis News Today, which is an amazing resource for anyone with multiple sclerosis, including support partners. Jen is also the host of the Multiple Sclerosis podcast, as well as a featured columnist and an active advocate in the MS community. Jen is constantly imparting her hopeful optimism into real life challenges facing the MS community. On today's episode, we talk about some of the symptom management strategies that Jen has found to be helpful to reduce stress and pain while bringing in more joy and adventure into her life. Jen, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yes, I'm excited we were finally able to connect. It took a lot of back and forth, but we made it happen. <laughs> it did. It took a lot of uh, took a lot of technical and mental, uh, you know, wherewithal to get this to happen. But it's so good to see you. You know, I think that's so in tune with how this last year has been, anyways. So I'm glad we were able to make it work. Likewise. So I'm really, really excited to ask you a bunch of questions because I think that one thing that is really nice is feeling heard when you have MS and MS is so different for each person, but hearing some strategies that others use to help with common symptoms can be so, so helpful. But before we get to that, I would love to ask you a question from my interview deck to help our listeners get to know you on a personal level. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. The interview okay. deck sounds very ominous. <laughs> Some of the questions are pretty bizarre. That's okay. So am I. All right. Your question is, name something on your to-do list that never gets done. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. This is a good one. Yes. On my to-do list that never gets done ever is actually spending quality time with my husband and being super kind without being judgmental. I, like that. Realize, I mean it, it's like, I write things like my goals like that. I mean, it's like intention, setting intentions, right? Like don't judge him today. It doesn't ever happen. Sorry. No, I really, I, can't I love the honesty. The I can't yes. do the whole day. <laughs> I want to, and he's a good man, but you know, it just happens. Yeah. I mean, maybe a goal could be for 50% of the day. That is you a know? good well, point. Well taken. I think I'll try that maybe a quarter of a day and then we'll go. Yeah. <laughs> I 
but I, I really make lists like that. I do because I believe a to-do list is also a set of intentions that you hope to accomplish rather than just garbage laundry, things like yes, that. Yes. I like that. So can you give us a background in case some of our listeners have not heard of you before? Can you give us a background on you, your MS and kind of where you're at right now in life? Sure, sure. I was diagnosed in I was 40 years old and now I am 53, newly 53, diagnosed with relapsing remitting multiple sclerosis. I remember walking out of the doctor's office perplexed but crying because I had one vision and that was a wheelchair. And I didn't know any other vision or any other life existed. I didn't know anything. And that was a very frightening day because I think we all have a synonymous photo or image in our mind of what this disease is or was when we were diagnosed. And let me tell you, that's not what it is that might be included and that absolutely is some of my life, but definitely not my life. I am a writer with multiple sclerosis news today. I actually was doing a weekly column called Silver Linings because I am an optimist. I'm a realist, but I have to stick with that optimism. It gets me through the day. And working with the company BioNews, they really allowed me to grow with the company because they believe in employing people with disabilities. And in that realm, I began to take on other responsibilities, hosting a podcast, an MS podcast, and also being the director of patient and community engagement, which has left me less time to write, but more time to focus on elevating the patient voice and really understanding who's out there and listening to who's out there and also giving me a purpose and giving me knowledge that this disease has certainly challenged me. I will speak sentences backwards and I will forget words. I have a cane and sometimes a walker and in the airport, a wheelchair, but I am becoming and learning how to be my best advocate. I'm not going to tell everyone that I advocate wonderfully. I will for you, but I'm still learning how to do it for me. (laughs) I'm just being honest. Yeah, it's true. So advocating is easier said than done. When it's for yourself, it is scary speaking up, especially when you don't know how your neurologist or whoever it is you're hoping will hear you. You don't know how they're going to respond. And even though you know that you deserve better care or a specific referral, it's still a scary concept to speak up in that way. Absolutely. You don't understand how the ramifications will affect you, but it's very easy for me to be there for others. And I'm learning, I'm really getting better, but I want to be transparent with people that it's ongoing. Yes. One of the things that we deal with in life that can make any MS symptoms worse is stress. So can you share any tips or just things that you do to try to help reduce stress in your day-to-day life? Absolutely. And everybody's life 
has stress in it to certain degrees. I really like to take time out and meditate. Meditation has become a very important and sacred part of my life. If I don't do it, I feel it. And this does not mean you have to feel like you're on a different plane because at first somebody offered meditation, it can mean that. But when people say meditation, some people automatically jump back going, nope, I can't do it. I don't know how. And let me tell you, there are times when I'm doing and I think of grocery shopping, but I'm learning how through guided meditation to take 20 minutes out of my day and set up a mantra for myself that if I get off track, I can bring myself back. And that mantra has to do with a part of my day that looks unmanageable. So if I'm having a lot of pain that day, or if I'm arguing with my husband, or if life just seems unmanageable for any reason, my mantra might be this too shall pass. Or I might say, this pain is bringing me a lesson. Or I might even change the color of the pain in my head from a red to a beautiful pastel that might soothe me. And that has been one of a major stress reducers in my life. I love that. I've heard of mantras before, but I've never thought of them in a way where instead of it being a phrase or a sentence, it was a color or a texture. That's a a really cool strategy. Well, I think it's personal for everybody, but for me, it oftentimes when I thought of someone else's phrase or my own, it was good to an extent, but then when I had to sit with myself, I began to visualize what soothed me. And in doing so, I would transform the red or whatever color it is that was the pain or the stress into fluidity. And I would picture a stream or I would picture pastels and it really helps. I am so glad we're having this conversation. I'm going to try that next time. It just sounds soothing even. It is, except you make sure your dog is in the other room because when they lick your face in the middle of it, you're like, whoops. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's fluidity. You know, there's the, the tongue back and forth. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> you had mentioned that something else that you experience is pain. How do you manage that? And, you know, pain can be in so many different areas of our body, different levels of intensity and different levels of duration of how long it lasts. What is the pain like for you? And how have you managed to reduce that? Pain has been a very significant part of my journey with multiple sclerosis and prior to that, a long journey with endometriosis. So I have different parts of my body that hurt musculoskeletal pain, leg pain, which is common with people with MS. And it's been a very long road to learning how to manage with. One thing I will say is I have a very multidisciplinary approach to managing my pain. I do take medication. I take it daily. That is narcotic medication that helps me. It helps me bring me to baseline so I can actually get to do the other modalities. The pain has been so bad that I cannot get to that baseline unless I am helped with medication. But one tip I do tell people is just when you open your eyes in the morning to really 
sit with your body and see where the pain is and try right away to reestablish that pain that you are going to work with that pain, not against it, not fight it. It's not an antagonist. It is with you. It is on a journey with you. So I think not combating that for me and not having it as an enemy has been very helpful. Also doing guided imagery for me, that's been hugely helpful. When I have points of time that really hurt more than others, I will shut my laptop and I will take that time to visualize a place in my life that I feel calm or happy. My parents' house, the beach, growing up hearing the foghorns of San Francisco. That's hugely important. Acupuncture and acupressure. I do both. I think healing and guided touch to where you feel that energy. Reiki, I really can't say enough how important it is to establish a multiple multidisciplinary ways to deal with your pain. Psychotherapy, I think is helpful, you know, physical therapy. Yeah. I think it's great that you mentioned that because so many people do just try one or maybe two things, but there are so many things out there. And one thing I'm not sure if our listeners notice this, but earlier you had said, sometimes you use a cane, sometimes a walker, that's, you know, two mobility aids. So many people think, they just can use one. And if they use a second one, it means their disease is progressing. When in reality, using the things we have available to us, even if it is three, four or five things is just going to benefit us. So I love that you take that multidisciplinary approach. Do you find that each of the individual things that you do, the meditation, the guided imagery, the stretching, do you find that they are more helpful because you do multiple things versus just doing it on its own? I am much better doing multiple things. The other thing I forgot to do, funny you said stretching. Every morning I begin with gentle yoga moves and stretch. When I say gentle, I mean gentle. There's no splits. There's no anything. Don't worry. But I elongate my body so I can feel the blood flow, literally, because you wake up with numb fingers and numb hands. I do. And you don't really all the time feel that you're all there. I don't. And I think just having blood flow through your body is so powerful, you know, and those mobility aids are there for a reason. It took me a long time to feel comfortable using them. I was not confident in taking out my walker. And I am now because it's like, it helps me get around. I wrote this one column called, chariots of enlightenment about my wheelchair being a chariot and it takes me on adventures without that I would miss out on so much of life I would not be able to fly I would not be able to do other things these mobility aids are there for a reason yes and in this case too it's giving you that freedom where without it you would be stuck home not able to go on these adventures yeah 100 percent And adventures are different. They could be the store, but they are. 
Yeah. And I think that's so important too, because any adventure that you go on requires movement and movement counts as exercise. You know, so many people beat themselves up on the days that they can't exercise, but they came down the stairs in the morning and they showered and they got dressed. And in my mind, those things all count. That's moving your body. It's using your muscles. So anything that can help you stay active is good by me. I love that about you because those are all huge tasks and giving yourself grace for those tasks is just something that I've learned to do as well. Great. And for those of my listeners that follow you on social media, like I do, we all know you have dogs and you've even referred to yourself as a crazy dog lady. How do they help with your healing? Do you feel like they're a big part of your MS journey? They are a huge part of my MS journey. And I say they because we have a puppy joining our family in a week. So I have a 12-year-old golden retriever rescue and a puppy coming golden retriever in a week. So yes, they forced me to get out of my MS because I think so often we can identify too much with our MS and therefore say, I'm not Jennifer, I am MS. And I was doing that. I had to find something outside of me and being outside with them literally or figuratively, they forced me to really move. Even when I'm on the lawn with them, I stretch, I'll throw the ball. It's a measure of joy that is just off the joy scale that I have felt. I am legitimately a crazy dog mom. Absolutely. And they do require that you get outside of yourself for them. And I think that is so enriching for me because I also have a purpose that is not just MS. And that's wonderful. Yes. And do you volunteer with the dogs? I do. I volunteer. I've been with the dog rescue for 10 years and I can no longer do what I used to do. I used to go to events with Abby a lot and whatnot, but just like in life, we have to redefine what we can do and how we can be better people. For me, now I do social media or I'll do the hotline and I'm still giving and I'm still doing, and I'm still volunteering. I'm just saving myself some of the physicality that I can no longer do. It would be dangerous for me. Absolutely. And for those that don't know, Abby is Jen's dog. And I saw a post, I think it was maybe this past summer that you threw a birthday party for Abby. I loved that. (laughs) I did. I had four crazy dog moms with me and we brought our dogs together. I'm that person. So yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it's so important to bring that joy into your life, whatever it may be, whether it's dogs or quilting or hobbies or, or whatever it is, being intentional about bringing that joy into our life and going outside with the dogs is so important because that's a huge piece of who you are. And that shouldn't be clouded by some of the symptoms that come on with MS. So I love that, that you're still doing all of these things and using your energy in that way. Yeah. It's, it's crucial to me that I do that. It's almost selfish but it's a continuum. And there's some days I can't do it as much as I would like to, but on the days that I can, she has play dates. <laughs> That's awesome. It's just a lot of fun. 
Yeah. So we talked in the very beginning a little bit about speaking up and self-advocacy. And one way in which you do that in many different platforms is through Bio News and MS News Today. And for those that don't know, Jen recently went through a healthcare scare with COVID that was pretty intense and required that you speak up for yourself, not too unlike your MS journey. Can you explain a little bit about that and how that may have changed what you might do moving forward? Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because I recently had COVID and I was having symptoms that were scaring me. Luckily, I, being my own advocate, I had a pulse oximeter near me and I was keeping track of that. And as that got lower and as my temperature got higher, I was not comfortable with my doctor saying, stay home and manage your symptoms. I actually had to speak up and say, this is no, this is not okay. I need care. And I went to the emergency room And for some people going to the emergency room is like a post-traumatic stress disorder. You feel like you're going to be turned away. You feel nervous. You feel scared. What are they going to think of me? I had to get over that and really advocate for myself and say, this is not okay. And they took care of me and I was admitted for a few days. And after that developed post-COVID pneumonia and had to be on oxygen and my voice is still gravelly. But, you know, doing that reminded me that had I not done that, I could have lost my life. And it comes down to really knowing that if you need something and you feel like you're not getting that from medical care or when the wheelchair didn't show up at the airport, speak up it's okay. It's not okay that you're not getting it. And it's actually crucial that you speak up. It's almost imperative because usually your gut instinct is right on. Yeah. I'm so glad that you did. Again, you shared so much of it on social media. I felt like I knew what was going on as you were going through it. And it was scary stuff, even just to watch. I can't imagine being the the one going through it all. Well, I wanted to really share with people too, that when I wore oxygen, it was okay. It was foreign to me, but much like I felt in the beginning with a cane or a walker, oxygen helped me breathe. Those modalities helped me walk. Wearing oxygen was nothing to be ashamed of. And I do feel ashamed sometimes. I feel embarrassed of having to park in the handicap zone because people have called me out on it because it can be so much of an invisible disease. But whatever you need to do to make yourself healthy, that is okay. If it looks different, if it feels different, but it helps you, I'm here to tell you that that is exactly where you need to be. That's such great advice. I feel like you've given us such great tips and even just not that they're mindset hacks, but ways to view things. It's okay to speak up, that it's okay to advocate for yourself and bring joy into your life. Like all these things can be possible all at once. It doesn't have to just be one thing at a time. So I think that's going to be really, really helpful for my listeners. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? I would love to share that you're worth it. I want to know that whatever your point in your journey is with MS, and it is a continuum, you're worth it. And you're not going to feel like that every day. 
So if I sound like I have everything together, I don't, no one does. But remember to wait out that bad feeling because the good feeling will come back. Give yourself grace and patience. You're worth it. You deserve it. And just be super kind to yourself because you're worth it. That's such a great reminder and such a great way to end the episode. Thank you so much for being here with me today, especially everything that you've been going through health-wise with getting a new dog. That's so exciting. So thank you so much for taking your time to be here with us. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a joy and an honor. Thank you. Of course. And for all of our listeners, I will be putting the links to Bio News Today, MS News Today, all of the areas that you can find Jen, including her Instagram in the show notes. So definitely tune in there to check it out. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you love this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast. <laughs>